When we put the products into workplaces, we do a survey after three months and you know, I always say to people, I know we're just chucking some tampons in the toilets and it's not like super revolutionary, but when we get the feedback in those surveys, they talk about feeling more cared for, feeling more respected, you know, just feeling like happier and less stressed at work and things like that. This is Down to Earth Conversations, where we hear from ordinary people who are helping to bring a bit of heaven down to earth. Kia ora. Welcome to another episode of Down to Earth Conversations with me, your host, Andy Dixon. Today we're going to talk about something we haven't talked about here on the podcast before, periods. Now before half of you switch off thinking this conversation doesn't apply to you because you don't have a period, this conversation highlights how every single person is impacted when people don't have access to period products. So keep listening and learn how you can be a part of reducing stigma and empowering people to flourish. My guest today is Lisa Martos, the General Manager of Dignity, an organisation whose mission is to make period products accessible to everyone who needs them, so no one misses out on work, education, sport or anything else in life. You may have never thought about that, and I hadn't until very recently, but the more I've learned about period poverty and period equity, the more I've realised that this needs to be something we're talking about more openly so we can fix the issues together. I talk with Lisa about what period poverty is and why it is such a hidden problem. We talk about reducing stigma and empowering people to thrive in life without the barriers that some face in this area. We talk specifically about what Dignity are doing in this space as a socially focused business looking to change lives one period product at a time. This is episode 82 of Down to Earth Conversations. Here's Lisa Martos. So it's great to have Lisa Martos on the podcast. Uh, Kia ora, Lisa. Welcome to the podcast. Kia ora, Andy. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, we're going to talk about Dignity, which is the organisation that you're involved with. But why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself first? Great. So I'm Lisa and I'm General Manager at Dignity. I've been here for about a year now. Um, prior to that, I have worked in a couple of different organisations um, in Aotearoa, so Kiwi Bank back in the early days, um, worked for NZTA on their cycling program for a while as well. Um, I did a year living in Tokyo in Japan and lived in Amsterdam for three years as well. So yeah, a little bit of experience in New Zealand, a little bit overseas. And now I live in Petone in Wellington and I live there with my husband. Um, he's an architect, so we've got an architecture firm and my two-year-old Timo um, and my first baby Archie, um, who's my border collie. Oh, nice. <laughs> So nice, busy life for you at the moment. Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, even if you took everything else away apart from the two-year-old, it would still be very busy. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, we've got three, so I know exactly what that's like. So Dignity is an organisation that is working to create periods equity. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into what that actually means and, and, you know, what you actually do with Dignity, you know, periods are something that like half the population have at some time in their life, and yet... It's kind of this thing that we're not comfortable talking about. So, like, from your work in this sort of area, have you got any insights into that? Like, what, why don't we like to talk about stuff like this? 
Yes, totally. And it's actually funny that you say that because, yeah, it's when I go into organizations and I talk, I actually say it's great to have everybody here and they've given up their time to talk about periods because there is so much stigma and shame still associated with periods. Um, so, yeah, some of the stats are pretty gnarly, actually. Um, there was a recent study done um, in the UK and it said that about half of girls aged between 14 and 20 felt embarrassed when they had their periods. Um, around a quarter of people experience negative comments from other people if they know that that person's got their period. And over 80% of people want to hide the fact that they've got their period when they have it. Um, and when you bring that closer to home in Aotearoa, we did some research recently and some of the key things that came out around why people felt that there was still the stigma and shame, um, that was really around things like the fact that there's stereotypes about people being really moody or needing to avoid them for the week, um, that they're dirty or that they're gross and they sh we shouldn't talk about them in front of men or boys. Um, and also just things like having to um, remember always to carry your period products. And if you don't, you're put in a pretty awkward situation where you're having an awkward conversation or you have to ask somebody for something or you have to go home. Um, and so all these things kind of build um, this stigma and shame, which has lasted for years. And you're so right in the fact that it just shouldn't exist because this does. It impacts half the population for half of their lives. And on any given day, there would be over 300 million people menstruating. So when wow. we talk about periods, you know, they are so important. Um, they impact half the population for half of our lives and the survival of the human race depends on them. And so we really want to help to stop the stigma and open up these conversations. Yeah, I mean, for me... I was fortunate enough to grow up in a, in a house where, you know, my mum's attitude to, to life, she'd been a nurse and it was kind of like, well, you know, this is normal. Yeah. This is just how things work. And I got a lot of that, you know, if, um, I remember watching a movie with her and it was quite violent and I said something about it afterwards and said, oh, you know, sorry about that. And she went, I used to be a nurse. I know if you chop someone's hand off, it bleeds. So, oh yeah, cool. Okay. But it was that kind of pragmatism that, you know, yeah. that I grew up with. And so yeah. it kind of, you know, for me, it was just a normal part of what happens in life. Saying that, you know, we were a, a house full of boys. Um, yeah. You know, we didn't, I didn't have sisters or anything. So it was just mum. But now I've got two girls of my own. So, you know, they're just coming up to that stage. And, and so it's, it's become important again for me to go, hey, actually, let's, let's make this normal. You know, let's don't, you don't have to be embarrassed about it. And yet there is that embarrassment sitting there. They, they already yeah. know that. Yeah, they do. And I think, yeah, it is, it's through the cultural norms. And, you know, um, there's also issues, I think, sometimes with how people learn about periods. So, you know, education is a big thing. And I know that when I was back in college, um, we had a male science teacher. He, this is going to show my age, but he wheeled out the TV and he put the video um, into the VHS. And, you know, we watched this video for like, 30 minutes and then there was a textbook exercise and that was it you know we didn't uh have any other education around it and so even I think within the education system back then there was also like stigma around how we learned about periods and I know now um that schools definitely have different approaches in terms of how they're talking about it um so when you talk about 
being a guy and being a dad um, and opening up that conversation. I just love to talk to people like you because it's so important. And I think for men and for boys, you know, if you have a sister or a niece or a mom or you have female colleagues, then absolutely periods is something that is your issue too and that you just need to be aware of um, what's happening to our bodies um, because it is a normal biological function uh, that happens to lots of us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, as you were, you were saying, you know, if you've got a sister, you know, you, you basically are going, if you're human, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're human, it affects you in some way. Yeah, um, totally. It just obviously affects some some people more than others. Yeah. Um, but so, so dignity, um, what does dignity do in this space? What's, yeah, so- what's the organization about? Dignity, our mission is to create period equity in Aotearoa. So that means that nobody misses out on work, school, sport, or anything else just because they have their period. Um, There was some research done a couple of years ago, and it said that in Aotearoa, up to 24% of people have missed out at some point in their lives on going and doing something because they didn't have access to period products or they couldn't afford them. So I was pretty floored when I started here and I heard that and I was like gosh imagine you know you have your period and you can't leave the house to go and do something in life whether it's work or sport or just going out and having fun because you don't have access and I think just because your body gets a period it creates a lot of unfairness if you don't have access to those products and so with dignity our business model is buy one give one And so we partner with organizations like ANZ, for example, they would buy 10 boxes of period products from us. Five of those boxes go to their offices and that's for their employees to use. And the other five we gift to organizations across Aotearoa who can then pass it on to people who might be experiencing hardship or period poverty. And those organizations might be food banks or partakas on marais, women's refuge, Anywhere that people are going when they might be experiencing hardship, we want to make sure that the period products are there too. Mm. And do you want to just define a couple of terms for us as we go through the conversation? So you mentioned period poverty there and also period equity is another thing that I know is is part of the organization. Do you want to just explain those terms and how you see them? Yes, totally. So for period poverty, what is period poverty? Basically, period poverty means that people don't have access to period products. And that could be for a number of reasons. Um, It could be that their households can't afford to buy them. It could be that they have to be choosing to buy food over Mm -hmm. period products. Um, They've got other expenses they need to cover. They can't leave the house to actually get to the place where they might need to buy the period products. So period poverty is a lack of access to period products and education. Um, And it's crucial that we try and address this with, you know, real understanding and empathy because it significantly impacts the lives of people who are impacted. Um, In Aotearoa, we know, like I said before, almost 25% of people have at some point in their lives experienced this. We also know that the average cost of a period across somebody's lifetime is around $16,000. So it's a huge expense and that can really, um, you know, it's an expense that only half of us have to um, cater to uh, and it can definitely have a big impact. So yeah, period poverty is where people don't have access um, and they can't afford to buy period products and it means that they miss out. 
period equity on the other side of that is where everybody has access to period products and that means that nobody misses out on like we said education or sport or cultural activities or anything else because they don't have access and just to kind of put this into perspective for some people um, thinking about it a bit differently, you know, I tell people that have never had a period before, could you imagine going to work tomorrow or going to school or, you know, your football or rugby game uh, and having to remember to take your own toilet paper and keeping it in your bag and discreetly putting it in your hand because when you got to the toilet, there'd be no toilet paper there. And how would that make you feel to have to do that all the time? Um, because that's what it is like for period products for us at the moment. Um, and so really, we want to see period products accessible to everybody, everywhere. And that would create period equity and make sure that nobody misses out on anything just because they have their period. I was thinking as you were talking about the period poverty, that it's another one of those things that actually reinforces the cycle of poverty doesn't it because you can't afford the products you don't go to work because you don't want to be embarrassed at work or you you know you call in sick you don't get paid because you've taken too many sick days you don't have much money you know it's just yeah it's intergenerational as well yeah it totally does um and just math yeah it's it's unfairness and it's exactly that cycle and it links into that and so removing those barriers and you know we talk about having period products in workplaces and gifting them to organizations. But I'm also talking to some other like public spaces at the moment. So that might be like libraries and swimming pools and things like that. And opening the conversation with them because, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were telling me when they were experiencing period poverty, they had a young child and they had to miss taking their child to swimming lessons once a month because Uh, and just when you hear stories like that it just breaks your heart and you're just like it's just that's just not right and it's not fair um and you want to be able to you know take those barriers away um and to help people to make sure that everybody just has equal opportunity in life yeah so so where did dignity come from uh dignity started by these two incredible wahine toa so you've got miranda and jacinta and they were at university when they came up with the idea so They originally were thinking about setting up a period subscription business and they thought it'd be really cool if you could just like have your period products delivered and you didn't have to remember all the time and you know they were just there each month. When they were going through a boot camp accelerator for setting up the business they came across a news article talking about period poverty and it absolutely stopped them in their tracks and they were pretty floored by it and they were like we need to pivot and we need to somehow make this business focused on period poverty and solving that in New Zealand because it's a big issue. Nobody really talks about it right now and it's impacting daily lives and how can we help to try and solve this problem uh, in Aotearoa. And so that's when they came up with this sustainable business model of buy one, give one and started to talk to the corporate partners and, you know, when we bring on those corporate partners, that then enables us to set up the gifting side. So yeah, two incredible girls that started this back in uni. Uh, And the business has been around for, we're in year seven now. So we've got our seventh birthday uh, next month. And yeah, just an incredible business that they've set up. Um, And the fact that I think, you know, being a social enterprise, um, they've gone through the challenges of, 
getting it off the ground, COVID, when everyone went to work from home, yeah. you know, when we were relying on businesses buying period products from us um, and then coming out the other side and, um, yeah, going through definitely lots of ups and downs um, with the market um, and kind of surviving and not only surviving, growing and thriving through that um, is a huge testament to, to the founders and, you know, to the team that's been there um, up until today as well. Yeah, it's interesting um, hearing you kind of describe the the social enterprise thing where you're a business but mm. you're also doing the social impact work yeah. and I, I remember on on one of my uh, episodes I talked to Stephen Moe who's a lawyer who sort of specializes in this area uh, talking about how there's not even really a category a legal category for this kind of thing yeah. because you've either got to be a, a business or a charity yeah and and actually this is kind of neither but both yeah um so yeah I mean legally where do you guys fall in that Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, no, as a social enterprise, we're a limited, we are a limited liability company. And so, um, you know, we've got all the same obligations as a limited liability company. Um, social enterprise basically means that we reinvest our profit for good. And so to become certified as a social enterprise, uh, there's an organization in Wellington called Akina, and they take you through a process which um, we've been certified through as a social enterprise and an impact business. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of an interesting one. Like sometimes we get businesses who may have wanted to gift some money to a charity, but they can't do that with us um, because, you know, they can't get the tax back and things like that. And so we kind of miss out on that kind of stuff. Um, but actually, I think when I look at other businesses, you know, organizations who might do similar work to us who are set up as a charity, um, I know that it can be really challenging for them because they are constantly trying to chase the grants and, you know, the um, donations and things like that. And I think how the founders set Dignity up as a social enterprise and engaging with corporates, it's long term, much more sustainable. Yeah. And it also means that when we make this commitment to these give partners that we're gifting the free period products to, uh, we can be pretty confident that we can support them long term, um, as long as we've got our corporate partners as well. And with our corporate partners, even if there wasn't the gifting side and being part of that social impact, this is still a huge change and like amazing step forward for businesses right just to provide period products and workplaces it's really around like employee well-being and better looking after their people and making sure that their people don't have the stress and anxiety if they get caught out at work and they don't have period products so yeah I think um you know being able to have that impact in terms of like creating equitable workplaces as well as that social impact means that our partners are pretty loyal to us and we can continue to make that long-term commitment to our give partners as well. Yeah, I really like the idea that uh, to do good in the world, you don't have to start a charity. You know, that, that <laughs> there, are, there are ways for people, um, particularly if you're business-minded, yeah. to, to, uh, to operate something in the world that isn't just looking for handouts or, you know, that, yeah. that, that you're you've found a way to be financially sustainable and do good in the world. Yeah. And I think that's a really great model, you know, that, that, that can encourage a whole lot of people to, to go, actually, I've got, I've got skills in that area or actually I've got, got a business already. Like how, how can I use that to, to impact the world? You know? Totally. Yeah. I was reading on, I think it was on your website or an interview or something, but you, you say you've got, like more organizations who actually want to receive the products than you've got the ability to supply at the moment. Yeah. You know, th this is a really big need. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it is. So, yeah, so obviously, and sometimes people hear that and then they're like, uh, they confuse it with the corporate partners. So I just want to firstly say, any corporate partners who want to join us, please come on board. Um, but yeah, no, for the Give Partners, and that's the organisations that we um, we gift our free period products to, um, we've supported over 230 organisations since we started. Um, at the moment, we've got just under 100 active partners that we give um, quarterly deliveries to, and we have a wait list of about 40. So... Um, yeah, it's pretty significant, I think, in terms of people needing these products. And it's really a big part of my job to go out and try and find those new corporate partners and bring them on board. Because as soon as I can bring them on board, then I can take people off that wait list and we can start to support it more. Um, when Jacinta and Miranda firstly started this, the majority of our give partners were schools. And so... They were receiving free period products, I think, monthly. And then Jacinta, one of our co-founders, she led the Positive Periods campaign. And that was back in 2019. And she got over 3,000 signatures for that. And the objective of that was to get the government to consider providing free period products in schools. So she presented that to government. And um, thankfully, that got taken on board. And uh, in 2021, the Ministry of Education started their ECUDA program. So that was free period products in all public schools. And when that started, that meant that we could go to all of the public schools that we were supporting, and they could then be moved across to the Ministry of Education ECUDA program to receive those products, and then we could stay focused on um, the other organisations that we're supporting. We do still support some schools at the moment with reusable products, though. So um, reusables are things like reusable period underwear and menstrual cups. And some schools, you know, I think, especially with that younger generation, they're very focused on sustainability. And also from a cost perspective, if you do like to use the reusable products, which are the underwear and the cups, they can last for three or four years. So you buy them once and you keep using them rather than going through the disposable products. So they are a great option um, for people that want to try those as well. Yeah. Yeah, I found that interesting actually looking at your website that sustainability has always been a big part of the organization as well. So, um, you know, so getting people on these reusable things and, and what other kind of ways have you focused on that sustainability side of things? Yeah, it's. I was pretty stoked, to be honest, when I started in this role, um, you know, and you can't really, if you go into a general manager role, you know, it is what it is so far. Um, but knowing that sustainability was a real um, key focus for the business from day one was awesome to walk into. So a couple of things there. One is that the partners that we work with, we've got two brands. Um, one is the Organic Initiative. So Organic Initiative provides us with our pads and tampons and menstrual cups and we partner with Awa, who provides us with our reusable period underwear. These two brands are market leaders in New Zealand for sustainable period care. They both have really strong commitments to providing period products that are organic cotton, plastic-free, um, good for your body and good for the environment. And so that's amazing to, you know, only partner and be really strong on the fact that we'd only partner with brands that have that um, shared kaukapa in terms of being sustainably focused. Um, and then we go through ECOS um, for ourselves to measure our own carbon emissions as a business um, and get um, certified as carbon positive for our own business. And what that looks like is, for example, we're in Wellington and we're in a co-working space with some other businesses which are very focused on sustainability. So 
Kai Cycle does composting for Wellington businesses. They ride around on the bikes in the CBD and they <laughs> collect um, food composting for businesses. Um, Nonstop Solutions does recycling for events. Um, and so we've got a couple of people that have come together in that shared space. And, you know, that's all set up in terms of being really sustainable and how it operates as well. So, um, yeah, it's really front of mind for us and something that I think all businesses should, you know, uh, not just be paying lip service to, but should actually have their own commitments to internally now um, and making sure that it is uh, forefront of what they're doing. Yeah, and I think, again, that goes back to what you're saying about if if you didn't have the organisations that you were gifting to, there's still a whole lot of good being done through your work with the corporate partners, but also the way that you do the work, you know, the sustainability focus, the the people focus, um, yeah. the education side of things, the the campaign that changed the law, you know, the, yeah. all of yeah. these things that have been part of the organisation um, are pretty special. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's an incredible organisation and, and I feel very grateful to be able to work in this role and it's certainly the most purpose-driven work that I've ever done so um, yeah I feel grateful to be able to come and to lead the organization and to continue to have the impact that we do. Yeah so you came on board a year ago? Yes I'm, I'm, I'm yeah just over a year. Yeah um, so <laughs> yeah what's it been like for you what what's has it changed the way you see the world is it just I don't know. How's it? How's it been for you? <laughs> how's it been? It's been no. It's uh, yeah. It, it's been incredible. I think you know. I the types of organisations that I've worked for in the past. I've worked in banking. I've worked in energy, and uh, definitely worked for more commercial companies. Um, you know that have been sort of. Um, very focused on um, definitely delivering good value and, you know, great things for people, but not something which is so impactful and purpose-driven as this. And so, you know, I think it's really, it's made me very passionate about this topic. Uh, And you can ask all of my friends and family about it now, you know, in terms of just trying to, really be committed to creating this period equity um, and talking about it all the time and, you know, playing my own part and always opening up the stigma and the shame that's associated with it. Um, and I think, you know, when it comes to the elections coming up, and I definitely think my views have changed over the last year, um, you know, especially because I spend time with our give partners who are gifting the free product um, and just hearing lots of stories from them about, how different people are impacted by different things. Um, I think it's definitely, yeah, broadened my mindset in terms of um, just what New Zealand's really like, um, you know, in different areas um, and how we really need to be um, just much more empathetic in our decision-making and just making sure that, you know, we are working towards a more equitable future. Um, And like you say, it is both in the workplaces um, and also in that gifting side. And when we put the products into workplaces, um, we do a survey after three months. And, you know, I always say to people, I know we're just chucking some tampons in the toilets and it's not like super revolutionary. But when we get the feedback in those surveys, it's pretty powerful what people say about having the products there. They talk about feeling more cared for, feeling more respected, um, you know, just feeling like happier and less stressed at work and things like that. And so, yeah, it's really powerful just to be able to create that change in workplaces. Um, and then, you know, on the gifting side, yeah, being able to actually change people's lives and, you know, make sure that they can fully participate in life. Um 
I'm very grateful <laughs> to yeah. be doing the work and, you know, to be bringing, yeah, my background, um, which was quite commercial in the past, but to bring that into a social enterprise and to see the impact, um, you know, we've, we're about to hit a million gifted period products. So we're wow. um, chasing that. Um, and, Exciting. you know, yeah, really looking at how we grow through, um, well, impact partners, and our impact partners are our corporate partners. Um, so it's a great challenging role. We're a tiny team and we have very small budgets being a social enterprise. Yeah. And so that's a great career challenge as well to come in, um, you know, and work within the remit of um, how the business is set up. But, yeah, to grow, to have the impact, uh, I'm very grateful for what I'm doing each day. The listeners will know I always bang on about this idea, but I, I love this thing that we don't have to give up this the gifts and skills and things that we have in order to do good in the world and like I love that you've got a a corporate background because that actually sets you up really well to do this work you know where you're leading an organization but you're also dealing with corporates um you know how they think you know what they're interested in and so actually like you're able to do what you you're doing because you've had that corporate background um, which I think is really great. So Yeah, it is. And it's funny because I was talking to a guy the other day and he was saying a similar kind of thing. He's like, oh my gosh, I, I'm i quite deep in like the social enterprise space and charities and things like that. And they're like, they need more people that have, you know, come from those kinds of backgrounds to come in and, you know, to be able to um, share their skills and things like that. And I said to him, it's kind of funny because lots of my friends who are super smart, career-driven people, when I talk to them about what I do, I mean, I'm very passionate when I'm talking yeah. about it. So they're like, that's amazing. But, you know, they are also like, oh, my God, I would love to do something that's so purpose driven and things like that. And I feel like, you know, yeah, there, there is an opportunity, hopefully, um, in the future where, yeah, people do consider, you know, going in cross section. And I'm sure, but equally going the other way, people that have worked in these, you know, social enterprises or charities for a long time going into the other organizations and going into the more corporate world. Um, definitely, yeah, the cross-sharing of skills and things like that, it's uh, really beneficial. You talked about um, the the feedback from some of the employees in these organisations. Mm. Um, have you got feedback from, like, the leaders of the organisations as well about, you know, how they've found it? Yeah, so, yeah, we do – once a year we do our um, annual impact report, and so when we do that we get feedback um, from the leaders. Uh, and so – yeah, I think, you know, how they feel is they probably uh, didn't think it might have the impact that it did, um, you know, in terms of um, just making people, like I said before, feel more respected and feel more cared for. And I think that, you know, a lot of the leaders just, they just like, I mean, not, not just the leaders, but everybody, we just don't kind of think about it because we've always kind of sucked it up and we've always just carried our imperial products and things like that. And if we forget, we just deal with it. Um, but actually it is this like um, thing that we carry with us all the time that can be really easily solved. And so, you know, you often hear about um, corporates having these strategic objectives and it's all around employee well-being, diversity and inclusion, sustainability and corporate social responsibility. And those four things we can actually support the businesses with. We help employee well-being by taking away that stress and anxiety of having the products available. We support diversity and inclusion because this is all about creating more inclusive, equitable workplaces. Um, we are, like I said before, providing the sustainable product. So, you know, we're meeting the sustainability objectives and 
if they partner with us, then they are having that social impact, um, you know, for their corporate social responsibility. So, yeah, I think, you know, definitely they um, feel like it has a great impact for their employees, but also it helps them to make sure that they're meeting their other objectives in the business as well. So we have very sticky customers, um, which I'm very grateful for. Uh, We don't see a lot of, I think in the time that I've been here, I've seen one drop off um, over 14 months. Um, But yeah, it's pretty incredible the way that they kind of come on board and they they are really loyal to us as well. Um, You know, because of those other things, it's not just the product, it's the sustainability, it's the social impact. Yeah. Like you say, it's something you quite often don't think about, and yet it's quite an easy way to value your employees and to make them feel like they want to be there and to yeah. to make them feel like you care that they're there. Yeah, and, totally. And like if that's, as a business, surely that's the way that we want to create an environment for our employees that yeah. they actually want to be there that that's going to get the best for us as a business you know all of that kind of stuff it's going to be win-win surely yeah absolutely and I think that like you know you look at businesses and they're providing like donuts on a Wednesday and the beers on the Friday and you know all these other like the um table tennis tables and all this kind of stuff and it's like okay that's all awesome and like really important as well you know impacting culture and things like that but this is actually something which um is impacting half of your uh, workforce and it's a pretty easy thing to solve um, by having that there and so yeah I think it's all about just yeah making it accessible for everybody and just yeah taking away the worry and um, helping people just to be comfortable not having to have those awkward conversations or leave the office or whatever it might be. Last year over 73,000 people were impacted by the work that you're doing. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, th- those are big numbers for for us. Like you say, you're a small team. Yeah, that's a lot of people that are impacted, and yet, like you say, there's so many more that could be. Yeah, it, it, and I think that that's like a um, it's a privileged responsibility to hold. I think uh, you know. I think that it definitely is a great motivator in terms of. Um, growing and trying to onboard those new partners and things like that because we know the impact that it's having and you know when we ask our give partners on the other side for feedback as well and they, they talk to us about their feedback and you know how it means that people yeah don't stay home or they're not using things like newspaper or napkins or socks you know all these things that people might be using if they don't have access to period products um or how you know maybe in the household they had to buy food and they might have a mum and and two daughters but they can only afford to buy period products for one or two people so one person misses out you know there's lots of these stories and when you hear about how us providing those period products and making it more accessible to people impacts their lives. Um, It is pretty humbling and, yeah, pretty motivating, you know, to to keep going and to really push ourselves to try and um, do the best that we can with our organisation. What are your hopes for dignity and the period equity situation going into the future? Period products everywhere for everybody. Um, so I think, yeah, it is really around us um, continuing to like lead in this space in Aotearoa and making sure that really period products are everywhere. I want to see period products everywhere the toilet paper is. If you go into, like I said, the library, 
if you go into a public toilet in a public space, if you go into a workplace, a swimming pool, wherever we want to see period products available to everybody. Um, we want to continue to support those give partners as well. So if there are still people that are experiencing hardship who can't even have the period products in their homes, they know where they can go to access those period products. And, you know, it's really just about working together. Andy, people like you having me on the podcast and just getting our story out there. Um, I think lots of people still don't know that dignity exists. And so it's really around us growing that brand and, yeah, helping to educate take away the stigma and really make sure that everybody has access to period products everywhere. Um, and that's taken away as this barrier for people to miss out. It must be encouraging for you to see things like the football fans, you know, talking about this in the media. Totally. We love it. <laughs> yeah. So that that's awesome for us and definitely something we can sort of leverage off. I actually um, was invited um, by FIFA during the Women's World Cup to go and speak in an event up in Auckland. Cool. And it was cool. It was like the whole event was around period equity um, and, you know, the link to sports. And so I spoke about period equity. Um, uh, Michelle from Awa spoke about the Te Ao Māori worldview and um, ikura. Claire from Organic Initiative spoke about sustainability. Sport New Zealand um, and Outdoor Evolve Outdoors spoke about diversity and inclusion. And then they had a panel of three or four professional sports players talking about their periods and, you know, what it was like when they were having to train and things like that. Um, so I think there's definitely much more of a focus around it. There's also this really famous video from Lydia Ko. Um, pro golfer and she was getting interviewed by this guy and he asked her about her performance and she was like yeah well you know it's that time of month so and he was like floored by it you know yeah. because he was not expecting those words to come out of her mouth and uh, it was pretty cool because actually you know um, that's another thing about periods is that when we have our period and at different stages there's four phases to the menstrual cycle and it does impact our energy and our mood and you know what we're capable of doing sometimes physically um, for some people so for her this like weapon professional sports player to like acknowledge that super publicly um all those kinds of things help to break down that stigma and shame and normalize periods um so yeah how can people support what you're doing so you know when we talk about period equity and, and, you know, how people can get behind it and sort of support it. I think the first thing is really around being open to the conversation yourself. And so helping to like end the stigma and shame by just having open and honest conversations, like you said, with your daughters coming up to that time in their lives. And basically for anybody around you, just making sure that you're sort of normalizing the conversation. Um, that's one way. The second way would be to talk to students who are at schools to really make the most of the Ikuta program. So the Ikuta program in schools, you know, there's period products there and make sure that they are feeling comfortable using that. Um, and if the school holidays are coming up to take some extras to use and things like that. Um, the next way would be around just talking to sports clubs or churches or cultural centers or your workplace um, about providing period products if you don't now. And you could be somebody that gets your period or somebody that doesn't, um, but you know that it would be really, really helpful for people. So just to open up the conversation with any spaces that you are in now that don't currently have period products to consider having them there. Um, then 
On the flip side as well, if you're involved with any community or youth groups or food banks or any of these organizations where people might be going when they're experiencing hardship, tell them about Dignity. They may not know about us already. And although we have a wait list, we'd still love to hear from them um, to make sure that we can put them on that wait list and that they can look at receiving free period products as well. Um, and then also on our website, there is a gifting section where you can go on and you can gift a menstrual cup or some period products to people as well. Um, yeah, so there's a, there's lots of different ways and, you know, some of them are as easy as just kind of opening up that conversation with people and making people that have periods just feel comfortable talking about them if they need to. Yeah. And if you're a corporate and you want to get involved, get in touch with you. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. What's the website? So the website is uh, www.dignitynz.com. So there's a space on there um, which talks about period products and workplaces and we'd love to have you uh, have a look at that and have some more corporate partners on board. Cool. Oh, thank you so much for giving time to talk about this today. Um, Thank you for your passion around this because I think if we're going to have conversations about things that are a bit awkward, having people that are really passionate about changing that is really important. And so, yeah, it's, it's so great to, to have someone so passionate um, sharing this with us. Um, thank you for, yeah, all the work that you're doing with Dignity to change the lives of so many people. And thank you for what you're doing to bring a bit of heaven down to earth. <laughs> Amazing. Andy, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um, yeah, it's been awesome to talk to you today. And I just feel very grateful that I can share the story with you and maybe some of the people that are listening as well. And, um, you know, you're playing a small part as well now um, in helping to create period equity and to help us to create a new normal for periods in Aotearoa. So thank you. Hello. What an awesome company and what great people. It was truly a pleasure to talk with Lisa and hear her passion for removing social barriers, bringing dignity to the lives of all. It was also good to hear how much employees felt valued and employers noticed differences in their workforces, all because of a little company doing their bit to do good in the world. So thank you, Lisa, for who you are and for what you do. Here is a blessing for you. Lisa, may you continue to be passionate about the work that you do, finding purpose in it as you encourage and inspire others into the conversation and into action to work towards a more equitable society. May the word about dignity spread far and wide, snowballing as more and more organisations hear about your work and see the benefit that partnering with you will do for employees' dignity, morale and sense of belonging. And may that growth allow you to onboard more and more give partners so more people can be given a little bit more dignity. May opportunities come your way that you weren't expecting, allowing you to spread the message of period equity to more and more people. May you be encouraged by the responses that you receive from corporates, give partners and individuals. But whether you hear feedback from those being helped or not, may you know that you are making a huge difference in the lives of so many and that for each one of them, life has just gotten a little better. As you choose to bring life and hope and joy and goodness into the world for those around you, may your world continue to expand in life and love, surprising you with goodness and beauty, especially on those harder days. 
Lastly, may you know you are seen, you are heard, and you are loved. Thanks to Strawn for the music and Rangi for the karakia. Join me next time when I talk to Steph Fenton, a genderqueer pastor, writer, speaker, and theologian. We talk about Steph's journey in the church, how and when that was challenging or beautiful. We talk about rejection and embrace, and what a difference love and acceptance makes in people's lives. We also talk about how Steph's gender queerness has opened up their understanding of God, a divine being not defined by gender. It's a powerful conversation of hope and expansive love. Until then, me inoi tato. E to mātou matua i te rangi Kia tapu tō ingoa Kia tau mai tō rangatira tanga Kia mea te tau e pai ai ki runga ki te whenua Kia rite anō ki tō te rangi Humai kia mātou ai nei E taroma mātou mō tēnei rā Muro mātou hara Me mātou hoki e muru nei I o te hunga E hara ana kia mātou Aua hoki mātou e kawea Kia whakawaia E ngari whakorangia mātou I te kino Amen